Welcome to Hedge Fund Week, where every year the who's who of the global alternative investment world descend on Miami Beach for some winter sun and networking. Celebrity investors include Anthony Scaramucci, true to the definitive celebrity, Kim Kardashian. They're all here speaking across multiple events. Key themes being discussed include hedge funds, which are very much back in vogue, private credit, digital assets, the metaverse, impact investing, and all other types of assets, new and old. And AMA is here too. Monday saw our private credit affiliate, the Alternative Credit Council, take centre stage with the return of their annual private credit investor forum. And here to tell us all about it is AMA's Head of America, Michelle Noyce. Michelle, you're very welcome back to The Long Short. It's great to have you on today. I'm so glad to be here reporting in from sunny Miami Beach. So, Michelle, how are you? First of all, I mean, it's really been a busy week. We're what we're into, I guess, uh, Thursday now. Um, and so for those who are not in Miami, can you give us a sense of the occasion taking place there this week? Well, you can probably hear a hint of the exhaustion in my voice, but it is well earned and well worthwhile. This is Global Alt 23, which has been colloquially known as Hedge Fund Week in South Florida. But it's fair to say it's really grown beyond just hedge funds um, and is really a coming together of alternative investments writ large. So the iConnections conference is center stage with over 3,000 attendees this year, which I think is a um, definitive high watermark. But there's also um, event upon event on the sidelines. It's really just a seasonal migration of the industry to the sandy shores of Miami. Although I think there's nary a flip-flop in sight. Um, instead, you're more likely to see lanyards and suits. Yeah, lanyards and suits lining the boardwalk. Um, and as mentioned, Michelle, AMA is out also in force in Miami this week, including our CEO, Jack Ingalls, who's over for the week. Um, our private credit investor forum took center stage on Monday. So how was that? That was fantastic. So this is our second year of running the private credit investor forum, um, essentially as a pop-up within the, the larger Global Alts Conference. So we ran that event on Monday with a subset of 250 private credit enthusiasts. We had half the audience being investors and and really interestingly, and I think which makes this event so successful. You have both the classic and core institutional investors in private credit. So we had the insurance companies, the Canadian pensions, um, but we also had a growing number of private wealth investors. So your family offices, your RIAs, your intermediaries that serve them. And they're both a natural constituent of the Greater Global Alts Conference, but also here in South Florida, a big part of the investor base. Um, so it was a really unique opportunity to talk about the trends that are driving the private credit markets. You know, obviously we're in this new market environment. Um, what does this scenario mean for private credit? So a lot of keen interest in the, the macro and the private credit opportunities out there, um, but also a lot of real interest from the manager side in, you know, understanding what these relatively newer constituents to private credit want from their allocation? What sort of returns are they looking for? What type of vehicles do they need to be able to access? So this conference was great because we were able to offer, you know, all of the the market-leading content that AMA and Alternative Credit are well known for, but also really build in networking opportunities. Um, so I'd say a, a fan favorite of the event 
was the opening Meet the Allocator roundtables that we ran. So we essentially had eight different LPs holding um, court at different um, tables and really explaining their outlook, their investment process, the way they work with external managers. And it was very time efficient, both for them, you know, relative to 10 to 15 different one-on-one meetings, but also for the managers who, you know, wanted to make sure that they had that opportunity to get the, you know, the direct information from the source. So happy faces and rave reviews all around. Yeah. And as you say, it's the, the week has evolved beyond hedge funds into private markets and in this case private credit through our forum um, last Monday. Um, so what were the key themes? You've touched on a little bit of that, you know, allocators in the room, managers in the room. Um, and if I, if I hear you correctly, you said there was a great attendance there, greater than last year. So what, what were people talking about? What were the key themes that came out of the conference? Yeah, no, it was standing room only. And, you know, while while folks are largely at these conferences for networking, it was really gratifying to see everyone pile into the the panel rooms as well and, and listening. So, you know, really, you know, again, to underscore the key the key theme of the day was the growth of retail. And, you know, while I won't repeat what I just said, I think the notable point that really struck me is that this doesn't mean that institutions are crowding out. So in fact, it's creating new strategic partnerships between GPs and some of their biggest um, and most historic LPs. So I think that was quite interesting. There was um, some really interesting conversations about the complexity premium. You know, a lot of times in private markets, you talk about the illiquidity, illiquidity premium and the potential excess return for locking up capital. But, you know, there was a discussion that perhaps it's more fair to reframe this as a complexity premium and the skill needed to be brought to the table to underwrite these specific deals to manage that process. Um, So that was also something that stood out quite a bit. Um, And then from, you know, the deal side, the markets, you know, I I think there's a lot of optimism, right? Um, You know, we haven't been in a rate environment like this in a while, but the a lot of the direct lenders are, you know, in a good place in the capital stack and feel good about, you know, their positions and their ability to manage um, any challenges. And, you know, their their default rates are looking really quite positive. Um, so I think there's a lot of confidence in the core part of the portfolio. But also, you know, there's a lot of discussion about the core satellite, which, you know, very familiar to our hedge fund listeners as well. And these non non-direct lending strategies also caught a lot of attention. Things, everything from royalty streams to, you know, asset-backed lending. What are some of the newer um, ways that an LP who has that that core position in direct lending might want to add some excess return? And, you know, again, something that's that stood out to me as a former and recovering asset raiser is, you know, the new sort of LP base for that are some of the endowments and foundations who have not historically been, you know, your core allocator to credit. They're much more equity centric. But now that some of these returns are getting interesting for them or coming up to high teens, 20s, they might look for more of a an equity type investing. You know, this is where they're spending a lot of time. I think the other, you know, geography wise um, item that came up that might be of interest to our listeners in Europe was, you know, the relative interest in Europe again. 
Um, and that's something we ended up adding that to the agenda. That was the latest, the last panel that we, um, we carved into there just because we did get a lot of conversations with our members and folks wanting to learn more about that. And, and um, Michelle, a popular observation that's been made about private credit um, is this impression that the asset class has not really seen and lived a true recession. And you've got the twin threats, obviously, of rising inflation and the global recession and how that could pose and is posing a real problem for investors. And the concern, I guess, uh, being that if investors do not keep up with rising costs as it relates to servicing their debt needs, um, they pass these costs on to their customers um, or absorb them, then investors in private credit funds will face higher default rates. So were there any insights offered into this debate around default rates getting higher and to the extent that this might test uh, the appetite for private credit? You know, it's interesting because on a few different sessions, both at the Private Credit Investor Forum, but then also over at iConnections, you know, everyone was referring it to to it as the most telegraphed recession in history. Um, and actually looking at some of the opportunities that that could arise. I mean, yes, risk management is always paramount, especially for credit investors who tend to be pessimists by nature, right? They're always just trying to get paid. Uh, you know, and historically, you know, a lot of the direct lenders really do that by their place in the capital stock, by looking at and focusing on industries that are not cyclical, but, you know, again, um, you know, really ones that will continue to perform regardless of the market environment. So they're feeling pretty good. And, you know, if the market environment is challenging, you know, this tends to be the the refuge from the storm while everything else is getting hit hard. So I, I think they're feeling pretty good. And, you know, something that was, was interesting in one of the discussions, when rates were low, they had to get 16x the risk-free rate to get anywhere to a reasonable absolute return. Now you're looking at anywhere from 2 to 4x, you know, the risk-free rate. And that's a lot more doable to still get a respectable number. So um, nobody's complacent. And like I said, credit investors are all about managing that downside. Um, but I, I think there's a real sense of optimism despite their pessimistic nature. Right. So optimism across private credit landscape. And you touched on Europe as well coming into focus. Uh, any other surprises to report from the conference? With, I guess I would say, going back to your last question, the one, if we did want to pick out the one troubled spot that folks are most concerned about, it might be real estate lending, right? Um, you know, particularly some of the commercial real estate, you know, that folks are talking about in New York, places like New York City, B office real estate compared to A office real estate, um, you know, some of those challenges. But no, I mean, I think, you know, when we look at the macro environment, there's volatility. It doesn't, there's, there's not really a consensus view. There's not one big trade that it seems like folks are piling into. There's a sense that probably not through it all. We haven't seen the end of this yet. 
However, maybe it's not going to be as terrible as it seems. So, you know, maybe some sideways choppiness. And in that, that environment, you know, hedge funds can look quite good. So I think an active management in general, right? So I, I think there's a real opportunity for alternative asset management to continue to prove their worth. And, that, and that's a great segue, you know, as we move out of the private credit space and then look more broadly at events um, that are taking place in Global Alts Week or our, our Hedge Fund Week. Um, representatives from the hedge fund industry, you tell me that they're there in their hundreds, if not their thousands. And this is during a time when the vibe what we're hearing about anyway is that fundraising has been tough. Is that the sense that you're getting on the ground this week? Yeah, I mean, I think there's fundraising. It's not the easiest time. Um, you know, it's interesting because certainly on the private credit day, lots of references to the dreaded denominator effect, right? Um, you know, a lot of these allocators having large positions in private markets, those haven't been marked down, they're overweight, it's hard to make new allocations. But, um, you know, a few folks did mention they were surprised how little that was mentioned on the on the main stage day um, on Tuesday talking to the allocators who are really doing the hard work, um, you know, networking, you know, we're all geared up for anywhere from 10 to 30 meetings over a 36 hour period. Cautiously optimistic, you know, they're getting the meetings, they're having the conversations, they're putting in the work. It's never easy. Um, you know, it, it really can be quite a grind. But, you know, again, there's over 14,000 meetings scheduled in a day and a half period. That's pretty extraordinary for the amount of deal making happening. Um, so I think I think it'll be interesting. I think it's particularly challenging for emerging managers. Um, you know, these events tend to be well suited for them because they do attract a lot of the the family offices, the multifamily offices, the RIAs who are able to invest in these funds at the size where they're at um, relative to sometimes the big institutional in institutions whose check sizes are just too large at this stage. Um, and this is why the conference has become so beloved and, and so well followed. Um, but, you know, actually, I, I did talk to some of those strategic institutions who see, in, um, you know, what we colloquially call next gen managers or, you know, sub $500 million managers. They're really excited because now that some of their peers are more constrained in underwriting. They have dry powder. They're looking to invest. They have a great selection of deals. They have a really great position of strength where they can come in and, you know, and make sure that they get a great partnership for their underlying constituencies, as well as the manager who, you know, they need to succeed and continue to grow well beyond their own check. So, you know, I've talked to some of those allocators on the sidelines. Um, you know, it's a really ideal deal-making environment for them, which ultimately should be great for the emerging managers who rely upon them. AMA's Global Investor Board was created to further strengthen AMA's engagement with the allocator community and better support our growing investor membership. AMA's Global Investor Board comprises of nearly 20 senior leaders at institutional investors from across the world, from Sydney to Toronto, California to Sweden, Abu Dhabi to Hong Kong, and beyond. Chaired by Edouard Van Gelderen, CIO at PSP Investments in Montreal, 
Amos Global Investor Board provides educational insights on topics such as alignment of interests, GP and LP strategic relationships, ESG, and trends impacting asset allocation, all while advancing sound practice excellence for our members and the alternative investment industry. AMA offers qualified institutional investors complimentary affiliate membership, granting allocators full access to AMA due diligence questionnaires, operational sound practice guides, events, allocator-only peer groups, and more. Full paid membership with the option to remain private is also available. To learn more about investor membership options or AMA's Global Investor Board work and their perspective, please visit AMA.org. Yeah, so it's fair to say then we, we would consider this as being cautiously optimistic anyway in terms of cap raising. Um, Michelle, last, over the last couple of years, we've heard of, of an influx of hedge funds and PE firms even uh, migrating to the Florida region. Um, have you heard of any hedge funds that are looking to extend their stay beyond this week? Or do you think that trend has come to a halt or a temporary halt? No, it's it's really continuing full steam. I think, you know, there was a lot of question marks and it came to my mind, was this a, a mere COVID trade and would it all go back to normal as people got back to the office? Um, but no, I mean, we've seen three of our very large members and biggest names in the industry set up substantial shops here in Miami um, and that's continuing. So I think the large funds, have planted flags and that's, you know, again, reduced the headline risk of doing so. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, from an AMA perspective, we're going to be running more peer group meetings down here, coming here more in, in off season beyond just the conferences, because there is that all year round community, um, but also, you know, smaller funds too. There's a lot of people I've been meeting here, you know, normally everyone is talking about how fantastic the weather and what a great refuge it is from London or New York. And, and these days people are telling me, oh yeah, no, just, just up the beach or, you know, in up in Boca. Um, so a lot more year rounders, you know, the, the big funds catching the headlines, but small funds as well. And then, you know, that means the service providers have to be there. Um, so we're seeing more and more prime brokers, fund administrators, consultants to the industry, um, build out their staff here and not just, you know, accommodate perhaps remote workers that they might have wanted to retain, but really looking out to build a base of operations. So Florida, Florida's here to stay. I anticipate putting on some more air miles to come and, and see our members here. Right. Very interesting. Um, and what else have you been hearing then um, over the week? Uh, what's the mood like among those in attendance? I think you've talked about it as being cautiously optimistic and there is a certain even degree of bullishness amongst them, some of the fund managers and investors. The initial headlines, though, that I've been reading from the conference would suggest that, obviously, we know that the macro environment is going to remain choppy at least through this year and, and returns from traditional investing you know, is likely to be muted um, throughout the year. Presumably, then, this really does strengthen the value proposition of alternative investments. Yeah, I know. And, you know, our colleague, Jack Ingalls, was uh, was moderating a panel yesterday on, or on Tuesday, I should say, on the value proposition of hedge funds in 2023. And, you know, there was really a sense that 
and maybe it's overstating a bit, but this could be a golden age for alpha and, you know, and what hedge funds do in particular. Um, you know, yes, there was certainly performance dispersion between strategies and between funds themselves, which is why we always caution at looking at quote unquote hedge fund performance as a barometer of industry. But, you know, you want folks that are nimble. You want investors who have a lot of tools in their toolkit to be able to navigate, to be able to find, you know, some shorter term opportunities inside some longer term trends. And last year, the buzz was all about cryptocurrency. Um, and we all know about what has come to pass mm-hmm. through the tumultuous year that the sector had. Um, what's the take now with regard to crypto assets and more broadly digital assets? Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting question. Um, so certainly it's a very different mood when it comes to digital assets this time in 2023 versus where we were in 2022 when it was, you know, um, peak cycle um, at most. There's, you know, a real sense of taking stock of what happened, acknowledging the breach of trust um, from certain actors and in the industry, but it's not as dead as you would anticipate, right? I think there's still a lot of education. There was a whole stream dedicated to digital assets. And in fact, um, they had the, the most amount of seats of the the four different tracks going on concurrently. Um, and and folks were listening in. I think allocators are taking it as an opportunity to continue to learn without the pressure of FOMOing in at the peak cycle. Uh, you know, again, a lot of discussion and, you know, and I, I see this as well in my conversations, you know, you're really looking at the types of LPs who are at a conference like this, the family offices, the ones who know what they're doing, uh, or who have a little bit more flexibility without some of the headline risk. Um, so, you know, there's still a, a healthy proportion of the meeting count. Um, you have managers here, they, you know, are reporting that they are having conversations, talking to many who are pulling together their rounds of capital to prepare to launch this quarter. And, you know, perhaps those launches are smaller than they would have been this time last year. Definitively, they're smaller than they would have been this time last year, but um, they're still launching, right? It's it's not zero capital. There is money coming in. There is money being backed. Um, so it's, it, it's an interesting time sober, but, you know, that's probably healthy as well. Um, so we'll see. And, you know, I think the, the point that I often make to LPs is whether or not they're looking to have a dedicated allocation to digital assets, which is, you know, going to be less common, you know, you're continuing to see the incursion of digital assets on traditional hedge fund strategies. And even, you know, the amount of conversations I've had with different blockchain organizations and digital asset investors about credit is really fascinating. So it'll continue to find its way into the broader alternative investment ecosystem and perhaps indirectly into their portfolios. So it still behooves them to understand the risks and understand the opportunities to make sure that they have a real handle on that. Right. Um, And any new trends in markets then that came out of the conversations that you've been hearing um, at the conference this week? I'd say, you know, nothing truly new. Um, you know, I, I'd really just say 
a lot of focus on credit, right? Um, both, you know, as measured by the doubled size of our own audience on Monday, but then also, you know, the amount of real estate given to credit on the main panels on Tuesday, the amount of credit firms and funds I've seen in the audience. Um, you know, it, it's an asset class that has firmly established itself in the alternatives ecosystem, um, you know, and is continuing to get a lot of traction from LPs. So, you know, continuation of the of that growth, I'd say, is probably the most striking as well, you know, as perhaps a, a return to classic hedge funds. Okay, interesting. And and Kim Kardashian, the definitive celebrity, is also in attendance. So um, she spoke at the conference on Tuesday, right? So what can you tell us about that? Why was she there? Indeed. Yeah, no, I mean, one might call it, is this conference going to be keeping up with the capital raisers? Um, and you know, there there was a film crew from her reality show on site. So for any of you who did not get the full experience from this podcast, you might find it on on Hulu um, in the near future. But she is entered our world. So she's launched a growth equity fund with a former partner from Carlisle, focusing on the consumer sector, which is arguably one that she has redefined over the past um, decade and a half. So she was, you know, like any good private equity investor, they talked co-investments, they talked ESG, they talked DEI, um, but yeah, no, it, it was interesting. And, you know, our industry is certainly not immune to the curiosity, um, you know, the the room was packed, there was you know, it, it certainly brought an, an overflow audience to the end of the, the credit session right before them as well. So um, it, it was really quite interesting. But but we'll see. We'll see if Kim has the same influence in private market fundraising that she's had in how consumer brands have sold, disintermediating influencer marketing. Um, it, it'll certainly be quite, quite the spectacle. And you didn't you didn't managed to get sneak into the green room then and get behind the scenes. And yeah, no, I, I will say I actually worked the green room all day as MC for the the conference on Tuesday, but Kim did have her own private own private penthouse green room. So so no selfies coming anytime soon. Yeah. But she was a great sport. I'm no doubt, no doubt. And we wish her well. Um, but what's then uh, on the agenda then for you for the remainder this week? Yourself and Jack and the AMA team will still be there throughout the week. Uh, mm -hmm. what, what's in your plans? Now it's all about it's all about the one on one meeting. So, you know, as I mentioned, the real hard work happens now for the GPs and LPs. Um, you know, the LPs are taking at least 15 meetings apiece. Um, these sessions are 20 to 30 minutes. Um, you know, it's a real exercise in efficiency as well as endurance. Um, you know, the fund managers are pitching, pitching, pitching. You see them staggering out at coffee breaks, just looking shell-shocked after a while. Um, so Ama, myself and my colleagues, it's a great opportunity to give them a break from that pitching share with them some of the themes that we're seeing as their global trade association, as their representative 
working on their behalf, understanding what some of their challenges are. Um, you know, and for us, we have members here from all around the world, you know, Australia, Hong Kong, Switzerland, the UK, there's a huge Canadian contingent. Um, I know our colleague Claire Van Wyke Allen has been at a few of the, the Canada dinners over the course of this week. Uh, South America, I've seen some of our members from Brazil. So as a global trade body for the, the association, um, it's hugely valuable to be here and be able to see so many of our members in a short period of time, um, you know, and catch up with them between all of these pitches. So it's going to be, you know, a busy remainder of the week. Folks usually stumble out from this conference just in a state of pure and utter exhaustion. But, you know, we're only, you know, now just cross the calendar into February. And, you know, for managers, as well as their investors to be able to start this year with this volume of one-on-one -on -one meetings is such a jumpstart on their entire year of both capital raising as well as capital deployment. So well done, iConnections. And, you know, we're thrilled to be a part of this, this whole endeavor. Yeah, a, a real tour de force um, by you and, and, and by everyone um, who are down in Miami. Um, and we'll let you get back to it, Michelle. Um, thanks very much for taking the time to speak to us today. Uh, we wish you the best uh, for the rest of the week, and we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks so much, Tom. The Long Short was brought to you by AMA, the Alternative Investment Management Association, the global representative for the alternative investment industry. As always, you can get the latest episodes by subscribing to The Long Short on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Amazon Music, or by streaming episodes directly from our website, AMA.org. Thanks for listening.